1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host.
0: Oh, my goodness me! What a
2: fantastic goal! What a goal! That is absolutely superb! Huge cheers go up around Emirates Stadium. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast of the week of Monday, the 26th of March, 2018. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on today's show, we hear from Pert Mertesacker about his greatest 90 minutes for us. Adrian Clark is back to look ahead to the return of the Premier League this weekend at the chalkboard. We kick off with Nick Brumsack's chat with former ITV commentator Peter Drury, one of the best-known and talented men to ever pick up the microphone. That's that 2000
0: and... Um three-four season, the invincible season, um, you've well, you mentioned that Thierry Henry goal, which which uh, I hadn't realised I'd done. Mm. That's terrible, isn't it? Um, but uh, it just shows I'm getting middle-aged and losing my mind. Um, but a, cu- a couple of games I've, I've picked out from that season, uh, there was a game in the February, I think, where Pirès and Henry... Uh, scored um, against Charlton inside the first four minutes.
2: Yes, that's right.
0: Um, and I did that game for the Premiership. Uh, and and actually, it's the height of arrogance, to quote yourself, but I remember saying something like, um, uh, and Arsenal are 2-0 up, Uh, and the famous clock still isn't saying five past three or still hasn't reached five past three or something like that. Mm. Um, And, and of course, when you're 2-0 up after four minutes against Charlton, you're expecting to score sort of 19. (laughs) But it didn't work out that way.
1: They
0: finished 2-1, I think, that game. I think it was 2-1 or 2-0, something like that, yeah. Um, but, uh, but that was good and of course I, I was also very lucky I mean it's a historic program in my collection now to work on the very last game of that season when um, obviously Arsenal had to avoid defeat against Leicester mm. to remain invincible and uh, what I remember of that game of course was Arsenal went behind um, to uh, Paul Dickoff uh, and surprise surprise Arly and Vieira won it for Arsenal um, which which was in itself memorable. Uh, of course, the, the, one of the enduring memories of that day was um, the banter when Arsene Wenger, who's not given to this sort of thing, I mean, even in his pomp to sort of messing about a bit, but he, he was persuaded to make it look as though he was going to make a substitution, <laughs> which would mean Martin Keown couldn't get on. <laughs> and Martin Keown needed one more appearance to get his medal, <laughs> uh, and so there was a bit of banter around that. And eventually, eventually Keown did get on and get his medal. So that was, you know, that was all good. But yeah, so those two goals from um Henry and Vieira to turn that game round on what was a you know fantastic festival day at Highbury. Mm. I remember those very vividly as well.
1: Amazing, really, because obviously they they crowned that season, but. Going back to Henri's hat trick against Liverpool, I think Arsenal had just gone out of the Champions League, just gone out of the FA Cup as well. And I think going into the game, they they're only four or five points clear, so that they, it wasn't won by any stretch. And it kind of felt as though that game basically got them back on track, didn't it? It seemed like a really important one in the context of that season.
0: Oh, without question. I mean, although Arsenal were unbeaten that season. Uh, if memory serves, and it doesn't always, but if memory serves, it wasn't a runaway trial. Mm. You know that because uh, obviously there were several draws in that, and there were a lot of tightish games. But of course, what Arsenal had was Thierry Henry um, and Bergkamp and Perez and all of these guys. You know, it was a team full of match winners, mm. um, and they were. I think, mean, in a sense, now we—I well, suppose then we talked about Arsenal the way we talk about Manchester City. In a way, now they—they're just—they yeah. were just such a thrill to watch. Yeah. Um, and so, even in um, the big games, like a Liverpool game, you know, there was a there was a kind of expectation that Arsenal would find a way because they they had difference makers. And uh, obviously, that sensational goal that Ires scored, that hat trick he gets, you know, was was sort of emblematic, illustrative of that. Um, uh, and and they were really thrilling days at Highbury. And you know, I'm not I'm not an Arsenal fan. But I, I look back on those days um, really, really fondly. I mean, I've always loved working at Arsenal. I love working at Arsenal. It's a classy club. Uh, you know, those days uh, at Highbury are to be prized. Mm. Uh, and you know, those goals were, those Cherry Armoury goals, we almost took them for granted, you know, because they're just week after week after week he, or one of them, <laughs> came up with something extra special. And he was, he was an absolute uh, joy, really. He was a joy. And so was Dennis Bergkamp. I mean, you know, Dennis Bergkamp didn't score many ordinary goals. Mm. He, he, you know, they were just beautiful goals. Uh, and they were... They were artists, those blokes, um, and you know, it was it was a joy. And the, the I have to say, the television Goon at Highbury was always one of my absolute favourites. So just the right height, beautifully over halfway. Uh, it's what I used to call a no excuses gantry. You know, such as <laughs> you know, if you got one wrong, it was only your fault. Mm. At the commentator at Highbury, um, and and you know, you couldn't get those wrong anyway because they, those were just players that tripped off the tongue. Um, and it was it was gorgeous, gorgeous. So yeah, happy days. That was a very happy season. Uh, and it was a it was a sort of it was a, it was a privilege every time to work at Arsenal.
2: Arsenal's club captain Per Mertesacker is to call time on his playing career this May and move up to head our academy. We spoke to the German international centre half about his finest 90 minutes in an Arsenal shirt last season's FA Cup final.
3: We said before that we want to do something um, like a motivational video, but um, two years before we had a video where uh, all the relatives, all friends, family sent us some videos, you know, for us to really get emotional, get the motivation in. This time we thought um, we, we video ourselves and and try to explain what
2: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
3: The teammate is about, so everyone picked three team, uh, teammates uh, to have a little two-minute video about his, what he loves about the person, what he loves about how he competes, uh, what he stands for. That was pretty awesome, I have to say, and... Uh, once someone else is talking about you about your strength, about what you give to the team, that was pretty emotional and I felt that we nailed it. we nailed it by making that decision to do something and then making the effort to remind everyone to chase do- to do those videos so um, and I think that was a big buzz before that game, and everyone was just happy to sacrifice for their teammate. That was kind of the feeling and uh, I think that was just before the, the team meeting so we f- felt really good about it and uh, as you could see um, there, there was positive energy in the group that day. Even though not everyone was involved but those 18 or we were 19 at that day who got a message from a teammate were pretty pumped and uh, I think we nailed it and we had a good video to start the day. I'm, I'm just humbled by the trust in my... My ability and my person, of the manager, of my teammates, I could never feel any doubt that I'm probably not capable, even what the story was before. The background I came in with was 35 minutes Premier League football that season. And the rest of it was just me being sidelined, out somewhere else, not being involved. I was just mentally drained by not being picked all season. Named captain, I, I want to make an impact, you know, basically. So I was just uh, what stood out with the trust in my person that I can still bring it on final occasions at Wembley. Then when it really counts, you cannot afford to, to make mistakes. I was just I was amazed by that trust of, of the whole club in, in, my, in me personally. So I just did what I've done for more than for about 15 years. In professional football. And that kept me going. Keep it simple, play, play the pass, try to help where I can, communicate. Those were the things you know I put into my mind. So nothing less than what I've what I've been doing for 15 years in professional football. What keep me what kept me going and helped me to be elite. And that's what I tried to tell myself. And if it was that I nicked the ball, that I blocked the shot that doesn 't stand out to me. it was just amazed by the way people trusted me. I think one week before we were not even supposed to be in a lineup, so that 's what you have to embrace as well. The quick changes of this game and of football is is absolutely amazing. I think I would say one week before I was ninety nine percent not in the squad um, And one week after, you just played 90 minutes of football. You played 90 minutes of a final. You played the first 90 minutes of the season for so long with a young teammate to share that moment and say that that's what we wanted. It's pretty amazing, I think. So um, just embrace the moment and the beauty of football that we celebrated, quick changes, and these small margins we, we spoke about before. We cannot... Afford to have uh, mistakes here. We have to stick together, and that's what we we have shown, especially that day. I'm proud to say that I had that a very good moments in my career where I could say, okay, this is this stands out, or this is something um, I'm very proud of. But especially this season, how it went and how it ended, um, was a perfect example just for me to. Um, being down and being out for so long, but then just f- focusing, being concentrated, and being locked in to what I was doing for 15 years. That's why I'm here. And uh, this mentality of never giving up and going through adversity, going through bad periods, but always believing my in, in my potential and doing the extra doing the unknown, always being open to discuss things, being open to the new things to make me better. I always question myself, but I always knew if I prepare myself the way I used to do for 15 years, then I'm good enough to play such an occasion, to play the champions, to play uh, a team that is unlikely to beat, the way and the mentality we faced it was just amazing and that showed me again that no matter how much talent you have got you have to earn you have to earn it again and again and that mentality never left
4: me the chalkboard with adrian clark
2: well adrian clark joins me at the chalkboard clarky i think we'll start with what is such a huge run of games for arsenal ahead what's Tantamount and key for you for Arsenal having a successful final seven weeks.
1: Well, is it that important? I don't know. It's, it's, the, it's the Europa League, really, that what it's all about for Arsenal. I think it's such a long shot to qualify for the top four now that, that almost the pressure is off to some degree. And I think that Arsenal should probably use this this period to hone their tactics for, for what they would like to produce against the likes of CSK in Moscow, uh, and the teams beyond, we hope. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a chance to to rotate, to try some new things. I'd personally like to see uh, three five two deployed at times. I'd love to see the manager once Lacazette is fit and firing to see him try out Lacazette and Aubameyang in competitive action ahead of next season. Because if it's a combination that clicks, and I know we can't use it in the Europa League, but if it's something that works towards the back end of this season, then maybe that's something that Arsenal will consider moving forwards. Also, a three-man midfield, I think, is is something that, that would would probably work for us, especially given the, the importance of Wilshire and Ramsey.
2: So to do that as a 3-5-2, would you then play Ozil in a kind of role behind that front two and then in front of your two deep-line midfielders?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah. I think he could play in, that, in one of the two central, two attacking central midfield positions. Uh, he does that, he's done that for Germany in the past, so it's not a problem. And also, let's be honest, we, if, if we are in the Europa League latter stages we might want to give Mesut a little breather here and there, keep him nice and fresh for the big games that matter. It's just an idea, but but having, having seen England try out a 3-5-2 of sorts last week, it just got me thinking that might be the shape that, that works best to, to, to firm up Arsenal at centre-back, to firm them up in central midfield, which are two areas I think we, that we need to be more solid in, and also to play with two strikers. So it's just an idea... I think during the course of the, the run-in we can afford to just try one or two things and, uh, and experiment. OK, so back in Premier League action against Stoke City
2: here at Emirates Stadium this coming Sunday. stoke Clarkey, a team that obviously have got rid of a manager, brought in another manager. A few green shoots of recovery but they're still in pretty serious trouble, aren't they, to yeah. put it mildly? oh,
1: they're bang in trouble. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is a game I think Arsenal should try and smell blood in. Stoke City, not the best away from home, not great travellers, and they're under pressure. They they don't have a lot up top. We know about the threat of, of Shakiri and Choupo-Moting. I think those two guys are, um, are decent players. I really do. But but in terms of a striker, they've struggled to find somebody to score regular goals. So I think this is a game we can really go into with a with a bold, adventurous attitude. I, th- I think that's the key here. Get in their faces be on the front foot and and go for the jugular right from the word go. Paul Lambert,
2: early in his career, was a very dynamic manager with his sort of style of play, wasn't it, Colchester and Norwich when it was going well. Since then, though, I don't know whether, because a lot of other jobs haven't quite gone the way he'd want, he's much more of a draw specialist and a bit more of a a tactician and not always in a positive sense for me. You're
1: right, you know. Yeah, well, even Norwich... He was a great tactician. He he would change his formation weekly uh, to to tailor the opposition. He was really good at it. And he's kind of lost his way in that regard. He's become quite a functional manager. Um, Look, they're a solid enough side, Stoke. Uh, They've got a chance of survival. And when you look at some of the players they've got, you think they shouldn't be in the predicament they are. But um, it's goals, that's that's the issue. And actually, Stoke have kind of lost their identity defensively as well. They were really big and strong and hard to play against, weren't they? And I think they've lost their way in that department. Shawcross has struggled a bit this year. Zuma has not been the same. Um, In central midfield, struggled to find the right formula. The one player, and I don't know if you're going to bring him up, one player that is is good for them, uh, that's new, is Badu Ndai. I think he is is a player that, that has improved Stoke City.
2: He wasn't the one I was going to mention, but you're right, he's a very, very good signing. I was going to say, you throw in the fact that Jack Butler is such a good goalkeeper, but even he of late, I just think the week-in, week-out pressure of being near the bottom with a bit of a mix-and-match defence has started to show on him.
1: Yeah, look, I, I, I wouldn't pin too much no. on Jack Butler. He's, he's got a lot of practice, isn't he? He's getting, he's not getting a lot of protection. Uh, I feel
2: like Pickford at Sunderland last yeah, season.
1: Yeah, but it's important if you're Jack Butler not to lose heart and lose confidence in your own ability just because... You're conceding loads of goals doesn't mean you suddenly become a bad keeper, so it is a challenge actually for him mentally. Um, I rate him actually, Jack Butland, but he, he is he is prone to the odd, the odd mistake. But look, we've seen Petr Cech make, make the odd mistake this season, all goalkeeper David De Gea, brilliant, one of the world's best. He has made the odd ricket this season, always good so,
2: against Arsenal, yeah, yeah, always good <laughs> against
1: Arsenal. So now, yeah, look, Butland, I'm hoping we are pep- gonna pepper his goal in this particular game. And look, we've got revenge. We've got revenge to get here. Stoke, earlier on in the season, they beat us against the odds, really. We didn't turn up at the Bet365 Stadium. So we've got a little bit of payback to give them as well. Does payback feature in your
2: five-second managerial
1: pre-match team talk? Yeah, it it does, yeah. It has to. It It is get your own back on Stoke because they... They bullied us to some degree uh, in the away game. Do not let it happen again. I would, I would revert to, to to the positives, and that is, we are a million times better than Stoke City. Go at them right from the off, and, and I think we can destroy them. Thirty seconds, five well, second Yeah, it was, Yeah, it wasn't. I didn't pre-plan that one. <laughs> I'm afraid, <laughs>
2: Clarkie, Brilliant to get your thoughts on that. Looking forward to the coverage this coming weekend. But now it's time to lock horns with this. Reign of Arsenal. Well, the Arsenal Ooh. Weekly Podcast editor, Liam Roberts, joins us, hovering as ever in his vintage Arsenal maroon jersey. Nice to see. Full kit, full kit this week.
1: Wears well, this one a lot, doesn't it? He hammers it a little bit, yeah. Um, talking of jumper, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can say too much this week. Yeah, like this one? <sighs> I don't think it's should be Brown. Brown. It's Sun- <laughs> that's a Sunday afternoon eyes? dog walking jumper, <laughs> isn't it? A... Yeah, I was actually trying to put my daughter to sleep in this jumper
2: for about three hours it's, last night. It's a good night. podcast yeah. jumper. Thank you, so. He's got a
4: jumper for radio. (laughs)
2: Uh, Goes with the face and the voice. (laughs) So,
4: brain of Arsenal, we're going to be off next week because of Easter. So uh, someone needs to, uh, someone needs the points this week. I'm not going to say who it is, Mm. because, yeah, I've I've done some maths. But it's, um, it's getting tighter. It's okay. getting tighter? I've oh, right. so well, been on a good am losing by less, that's what it is. It's okay. like, no, That's exactly it. Like, people are getting points. Okay. And people yeah, are getting right. points. Right. So, my um, ideas up there. so, yeah, let's, let's say my question on the chalkboard is what's your tactics for the uh, next seven weeks? Because uh, <laughs> 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 So, last week, um, Adrian Clark. Mm-hmm. Got on to week two with...
1: With Bruce Reeach, yeah. Yeah, I got four out of four. I was, I was chuffed with that.
4: And um, it was tight last week. Week two, you had the FA Cup run 2013 of... 2013 to 40 where I got three out of four. Yeah, so that was, that was a very good effort. And um, as you always do, you've uh, thought outside of the box and just gone season later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, player later, season later. Yeah, yeah, yeah so absolutely. Um, you've got the option this week, first or second? I'll go first. I'll get it out of the way. Okay, so week one questions on the uh, 2015 FA Cup run. Okay. Questions start now. Who scored our opening goal of the cup run? Pelé Saka. It was, against Hull City. OK, five players started five of the six games. There was no other presence in the cup run. Yeah. Can you name three of them?
2: Three of the five. Vojtseks Chesney. Correct. He's a good one because he mixed and matched a lot, Arsene Wenger, in this cup run. Started all but one game.
4: Yep, so no player starts. Yeah, 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 yeah OK, this is a really, so. really good question. There's five of them, it's half a team. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. OK, Um I think... Koscielny? Correct. No
1: pressure.
2: My gut reaction is to say Theo, but I'm not 100% sure, because of the fact that Theo often started up front alone in that cut run, but he sometimes then also dropped back. I'm not gonna risk him. I'm not gonna risk him. I'm gonna go Monreal. No. Oh! It wasn't Theo either. Okay. Right, okay. was um, uh, Alexis, or Casula. I thought Santi had a little knock at one point in that run. No, That's why I didn't say. Him. Okay. Yeah. Unlucky.
1: Unlucky. Hit the okay.
2: post. Yeah. A happy yeah. Week one questions that are
4: wrong. Yeah. Okay. Question three. Which minute did Theo open the scoring in the Cup final? Forty. Correct. Question four. Two players scored their only goal or goals of the season in the cup
2: run. Can you name them? Crikey. Okay, so without going into great detail. So the eight, the eight scorers in the cup run, it's not going to be Alexis, clearly. Rositsky, I think might well be one. So two, two players scored their only goal or goals of the entire season yeah, in the FA in the Cup? FA Cup. They scored no other goals in any other competition. OK, so the options, I would say, would include Monreal. Doesn't score very often, or didn't then. Welbeck, but I think he got one or two others in and around that time. Rosicki didn't play a huge a lot that season with injuries and he scored. Do I have to name both or one? Both, Both. Murta Saka. Was Murta Saka used mostly for the Cup that year? Would he have scored it anywhere else? Oh my goodness. This is tough, isn't it? Um, Clock's ticking, massive. Yeah, I know. We got a I'm going to say Murta Saka for one. Okay. Well, oh, he's not giving anything away. Just, no, he's not. He's just going he? to let you, let, let you hang. Ursula would have scored in plenty of other games as well. So would Giroud. And that's your list of eight. So it's between, for me, Riziki or Murtisaka for the other one. Or Monreal. So it's two of... It's two. Riziki, Murtisaka and
1: Monreal. this is painful. I (laughs) know. I forgot the question was.
2: (laughs) It means a lot to me. (laughs) Murtisaka and...
4: Mamreya, correct. Oh, God, I'm so glad he got that. After that, oh. after the pain of going through Thank that, the Rzeszowski scored another goal at some point. He did. He scored against Sunderland, the goal
2: we were talking right. about last week. Well, well done.
4: Well done. Oh. Three well, out of
2: tough, four. tough, first week questions, though. Yeah.
1: Well, you made it look tough.
4: <laughs> 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 it, they're uh, they're easy when you know them. That's the thing. <laughs> okay, so week two questions on
1: Bruce Yeah, yeah, come starting on. Starting
4: now. Then. How old was he when he took his first managerial
1: role? Oh, um, he was. I did. I did calculate this in readiness for this question. Now, I almost forgot it. Um, I believe he was thirty-four, just coming up to thirty-five. He's
4: thirty-nine.
1: He wasn't. I'm sure he wasn't. wasn't. He, wasn't. He, he wasn't. It, it, I think
4: I want to, I want to
1: double check okay, that. We'll get, I want to double check that. Okay, we'll get control. Torquay, player manager, 1982. Control, control room to do that. Torquay, player manager, 1980. Okay, we'll come
4: back to
1: that. Question two What was his winning percentage at Arsenal? Oh, um, I did look at this as well. Um, I think it was 46.8%. Correct.
4: Wow, wow great work. Awesome <laughs> done. If you get this one, I'll be amazed. <laughs> Who was his last game as a manager in English football against?
1: Oh, my goodness. This was is a deep a, dive. That, is a, that beast, to, yeah, is a beast of a question. I had to
4: go to local newspapers to find oh, this. Oh, was... goodness,
1: wow. Um, his last... Well, he was Wigan. He was he was in charge of Wigan. Um, he was in, I think, division, the second tier. So, uh, it's going to be a complete guess. Let's go for um, Charlton.
2: It was Northampton. That's a brutal (laughs) question. (laughs) The smug look on Liam's face when he asked it was brilliant as well. He's playing manager at Torquay.
1: I want to get an answer on
2: this. Question four. Which team did he manage
1: most games for? That's tough, actually. It's either Bolton or Middlesbrough. Uh, I think it's just Bolton.
4: It's Middlesbrough, 205. <sighs> Bolton was <Baltimore's> 176. it. <sighs> so it doesn't really matter, does it? It's
1: my painstaking really thought process for well, no, my does, final question. Does, counts. If you get that first one right, it's three out of three, isn't it? No. No, I got two wrong.
4: No, oh, yeah, you got, I got the two Phantom wrong. Yeah, Ooh. I got two wrong. Just to confirm it, Bruce Riott became
1: player manager in 1982, just before his 35th birthday.
4: Uh,
1: so you got two. No. No, you got, got two, two still. It. I don't know what it feels to win. I've got this <laughs> strange feeling of victory. Three all two. I want to say is do we need to double check Liam's answers for the other questions? <laughs> or, or not?
2: Is this like a hanging Chad to your selection all <laughs> yeah. back again? Wow,
4: you're a bit like Jose Mourinho. When you lose, it's like everyone else's fault.
2: So. The nice guy veneer evaporates.
4: Yeah, well well I've I've played, Russ.
1: R- Russ deserved it.
4: So another, another really tight one, three twos. That's. Uh, Made up points elsewhere. So, Adrian, we're off next week, so we've got two weeks to revise a new subject.
1: Yeah, I I, I anticipated a defeat here, right? We know how good Russ is on uh, on week one. Uh, I've <laughs> <laughs> not so...
4: having a go at his rival. He's had a go at
1: the referee. I'm going to I'm going a... to go with uh, the guy who was my rival in the Bruce Rioch era, actually, who's uh, probably been forgotten by a lot of fans. Glenn Helder real real character. Um, I'm going to let's go with Glenn Helder's Arsenal career.
2: Larky. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you epically failed on this question last week, which worried us all. When can we see or hear you next? <laughs>
1: um, you can you can see me and hear me on the breakdown. Uh, I will be looking at the Stoke City match, uh, which will be on Tuesday. after. We'll be filming it on the Tuesday after Easter Monday. Before that, by the way, you'll also see me in a special breakdown with Peter Cech. We're filming that at London Colney later this week.
2: Well, that's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Per Mertesacker, to Peter Drury, and of course to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. We'd like to know how we're doing in the podcast, so please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. You can subscribe as well and also find us on Acast these days. Remembering to get your questions into Clarky at the chalkboard on Twitter. That's using the hashtag ArsenalWeekly. We're back this coming Easter Monday. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.